Welcome to Wrestling Now. I'm your host. I'm Lloyd. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for coming back to listening to me for yet again another wonderful week of AEW Wrestling. Oh, my God. Um, what's in store for us this week? What we had to do was watch the Bucks cut an opening promo about, uh, about being true to themselves and how, you know, the old, the old, their old selves weren't their real selves and who they are right now is basically who they've always been their whole lives. I mean, whatever, horseshit, but whatever. This is cool. I like this gimmick. They finally went full heel, not this half-assed plucky baby face heel ish characters that they were playing for the last two three months okay so that went well mjf uh got a little had a little segment with mike tyson with mike tyson you know basically mjf was trying to buy mike tyson off and mike tyson wasn't trying to have it uh that was really fun that was a cool few minutes of entertainment then we had our first match of the evening. It's a tag team match. We had the Death Triangle, the two members of the Death Triangle. We had Phoenix and the Bastard Puck versus the Young Bucks uh, in the opening bout. That was really dope. This was for the AEW Tag Team tab Championships. Um, so this was a really great match. I mean... Back and forth, back and forth. I mean, there was a one point where, like, we saw Canadian Destroyers. And then towards, like, I mean, the this match had so many great spots. And there was one point where I believe Matt Jackson took off Phoenix's mask. And, of course, you know, whenever you take off a luchador's mask, he pays attention to nothing else. So, I mean, I mean he, he covered his face. Bucks covered him. And that was basically the match. Wow, man. Sad, but it was awesome. It was such an awesome match. I mean, we even had Don Callis on commentary. And ringside and on commentary. This guy does it all. Uh, Then after the match, Alex Marvez cut a little segment by Hangman Page. And how he felt about Kenny and the Bucks. And how they all turned heel and... And how does he feel about it? He really didn't say anything. He just kept drinking. He just felt bad about it and he kept drinking. He's more worried about John uh, uh, John Silver than what's going on with the elite. He's hoping that he's hoping John Silver has a speedy recovery. Seems like like he might be coming back very soon. <laughs> I mean that was his uh, prognosis on that. That was pretty hilarious. So it's funny because Hangman was the one that we all thought was going to go heel, like. Six months ago, not even ever since he lost to Jericho and and um, and you know he went on this downward spiral of drinking. I thought he, we all thought he was gonna be the one to go heel, but he stayed a babyface. He continued being a babyface the whole time, and everyone else in the elite turned. Everyone else, literally everyone else, but Hangman. So that was so. I like that. I like how he took that turn. Surprised us in that way, and you know, you guys already know the result of this. I have a feeling there's going to be a huge, huge payoff for Hangman Page at either All Out or one of their later pay per views. I have a feeling he's going to win the title this year, guys. I can feel it in my bones. 
And then, and then with that, he had Inner Circle also cut a little promo with Alex Marvez about the uh, the Pinnacle, how much they hate the Pinnacle, and how they're looking to have a blood and guts match with him. I can't wait for that either. Then we had our second bout: Red Velvet versus Jay Cargill. Car- Cargill, excuse me. And let me tell you, for two women who are both amateurs, literally amateurs, who started. Literally last year, <laughs> the end of last year, basically. Well, Red Velvet's been around through 2020, but still, she was there mostly through the year. But she's an amateur wrestler, and so is Jay. Jay's super green, and they both had a phenomenal match. I can't even describe how two rookies gave us such a great fucking match. We can't even get that in the WWE in the main roster. We can't get two women who are green. Who are being developed in green behind the ears and get called up to pull up a great match. That shows you how much this company is behind their women's division. Unlike the WWE. Because they're all constantly going backwards, grabbing women from the past and letting them main event. Or just let Charlotte Flair basically main event every fucking show. I don't know about that. I'm not really cool with that. Such a cool match. Great spots. Um, then we had Jay Cargill beat Red Velvet with a glam slam. Such a great move for a woman like that because she's a big woman like the way Beth Venus was. And it just made her persona look that much better than anyone else. Like right now. She's basically like the Brock Lesnar of the division. The female Brock Lesnar. She's girl Lesnar. Britt Baker tells us about... um, Britt Baker cut a little segment also as well. Breaking down the ranking system for us. Telling us who's where and where she's at. You know, talking about how Red Velvet was number two and she lost her match. So... By default, that should definitely bump her up to number two behind Ty Conti. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. But that was very entertaining. And then we had the boxer, Anthony Ogogo, had his first match last night. It, uh, it, I mean, two nights ago. It was awesome. It was Anthony Ogogo to come out with the rest of the faction, Aaron Solo, of course, uh, um... J, uh, excuse me, QT Marshall and uh, Nick Camarado, which right now they've called themselves the Factory. I love it. Just to spite themselves from the Nightmare Factory. So they want to just tarnish that name by just calling themselves that. That was really good. Anthony Agogo went, went against Cole. Carter, new uh, new guy, has been in AEW Dark a few times, wrestled over there. Amateur wrestler. Um, basically, this was a really freaking quick match. It lasted maybe three or four minutes. It ended with Go-Go punching him in the gut, making a Go-Go look so strong. I mean, because he's an amateur, bo- uh, he's an Olympic boxer. So imagine, his, he, they're trying to showcase his knockout punch. His, uh, his, uh, yeah, so they punched him in the gut, knocked 
Cole Carter down. He couldn't even get up to the point where the referee called the match. Yo, I've never seen anything like that. I want to see more of that shit in wrestling. I don't know about you guys, but that really, that really gives this wrestler momentum to the point where like, all right, he's getting developed, but they're going to make him look like a star. All right, stardom. Here we go. Then the best man, uh, Miro, he cut a little promo looking for Kip Sabian, says that he doesn't want to waste his time looking for him. And, the, and whenever he's ready, come see him. I don't know if that's towards uh, hinting towards a match or if he's just, just trying to make up with him. But it looks like things are about to things are about to hit the fan with those two. So I don't know. Then we had, uh, oh, the, one of the main events, uh, Jericho versus Dax Harwood, uh, Falls Count Anywhere with the special enforcer being Mike Tyson. Oh, man, this, was, this match was a breath of fresh air. I mean, this was, I mean, Mike Tyson played, play, I mean, he, called, the, he called, the, called it by the book, straight down the middle. Such a great match. Every time either the baby face or the heel were grabbing a weapon, he would snatch it away from both of them to show, you know, to make sure to let them know that, you know, he's the official here. He's, you know, he's making all the rules here. Don't break them. I'll knock you out. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this was great with all the interruption from Pinnacle. Pinnacle came out there, interrupted the match towards the, uh, towards the end. It was like, you know, that flurry of wrestlers all like just scattered around the ring fighting. That's, you know, like that's just a normal wrestling scene if you haven't seen that before. And then then you had the inner circle come out there and defend Jericho and save him and fight. They're out the, and they're out on the stage fighting with Pinnacle. And then, then um, Jericho ends it with the uh, Judas Elbow. It was really nice. It was it was dope because it was like a running Judas elbow. He he came off the ropes and bam, man, caught Dax Hardware. It looked like he knocked him the fuck out. It was it, it was good. It was a really good match. Definitely, I recommend it. I want you guys all to see it. It's so good. Mike Tyson now uh, joined the inner circle at the end of the match for a vic- for the victory celebration, and then they inducted him as a member of the inner circle now. Such a such a great show, guys. Then we had the Super Elite uh, cut a promo with, Eric, with Alex Marvez all together as one big happy family. And then uh, towards the towards the middle of this interview, Super Bu- the, the Bucks uh, teased like they were about to super kick the cameraman like they did when they were plucky baby faces. I don't know, trying to act like heels, but they didn't do it. They kind of like lifted up their legs and scared the cameraman. But guess what, guys? Don Callis was the one to, with the super kick. I've never seen Don Callis do anything wrestling. He super kicked the shit out of the fucking cameraman. And it was awesome. Everyone was laughing. I thought that was really cool and really amusing that Don Callis was the one to be the aggressor in, in this uh, in that little vignette. Uh, Thunder Rosa also cut a promo um, basically saying she wants her NWA title back and she's willing to cut through all these women to do it. 
Can't wait to see that happen. Then we had uh, my one of my babies, Chris Statlander's back. Boop. She's back. The alien from the Andromeda, uh, Andromeda Galaxy. Uh, she went against Amber Nova. Uh, so it was the first time we've seen Chris Statlander wrestle in over 10 months. I mean, Jesus. So that was cool. And uh, she didn't miss a step in the ring, man. Let me tell you, that match, I mean, it was against basically a jobber. You know I mean? Chris Tanlander won the match, but she came back with a little bit more aggressive and stronger than she was before. So this could mean bigger and better matches, her versus Nala Rose, or again, or I don't care, um, Abaddon. I would love to see this happen because Statlander is one of those women that could give you that main event. So, so good to have her back. Another breath of fresh air in wrestling. And um, Christian Cage cut a promo. Then in the ring, and then Team Taz interrupted him, of course, uh, wanting their decision from Christian Cage, uh, whether he's going to join them or not. And Christian Cage happily declined, and which stirred up Team Taz. And um, basically... Powerhouse Hobbs attacked him and um, mauled him and basically stood stood up, stood tall over him after beating the crap out of Christian Cage. So basically next week, guys, that's what this is saying. Basically next week, we're going to get a match. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage. I can't wait. And then we have our main event. Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Uh, it's a falls count anywhere. Um, so this was really cool. Back and forth. Um, then uh, really great spots. Uh, Matt Hardy using the chair. Then we had uh, Darby Allen use a chair. And then uh, basically... Uh, in the middle of this match as well Towards like where all the action is We had Butcher, Blade come out there And Private Party Try to try to attack Darby Allen, But then at the same time The Dark Order came out there to save him And Sting That was so freaking cool guys I mean Darby Allen is 6-0 this year by the way 20, In 2021 but yeah, this was such a great match. And then, like I said, more wrestlers scattered around the ring again, once again. And um, then Matt Hardy and Darby Allen make their way to the announce table, where this is very unique because it's never happened in AEW in two years that the company has been, uh, been around. This company has been in existence, and we've never seen this happen. We, I personally was stood up and went holy shit when i saw it darby allen climbed up 20 30 feet over the announce table uh, announce table and did a fucking coffin drop right off of it into the announce table onto matt hardy and then he pulled hardy off the table pinned him right on the ground right next to the table for the one two three and won this match let me tell you, this is the first time an AEW an announce table has been destroyed ever. They popped their cherry in AEW. It's and and it took them two years to do it where in the WWE that shit's been going on for fucking 20, 30 years. 
just about every company does that shit. AEW is the one company that's never done that yet up until this past Wednesday. So there's a little FYI for you guys. This was, like I said, ever since NXT left on Wednesday, I think we're going to get more of a quality show coming out of AEW and NXT on Tuesday. I'm not knocking it. NXT is still a good show. I just can't do two hours of NXT. And then uh, Darby Allen stood tall in the ring with Sting, of course, with his lovely baseball bat and everything in hand and everything. This was such a great show, guys. I can't emphasize what a fucking great show this was. Especially bouncing back after the Wednesday Night Wars and they got it all to themselves. Now they have more time to be more creative and better. So please tune in to this show. Please tune in to Dynamite. If you don't have time to watch AEW uh, Dark and um, any of any of the AEW dark shows, then watch Dynamite because that's where it's at anyway. Thank you all so much. I have, I have so much fun doing this every time I'm on this podcast. You guys don't understand. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You guys have been supporting me. Tell your friends. Tell your girlfriends. Tell your moms. Tell your dad. Whoever loves wrestling. And I'm here for you. Thanks, guys. Have a great year. Wear your mask. Six feet apart, guys. Take care.